Hi, I'm Holly. And I am Danielle, and you are listening to The Spooky Hour. A special Sleepy Saturday edition. It is. It's Saturday and it's throwing me off, guys. Yeah, it was so weird, like, not recording last night. I felt incomplete a little bit. I didn't feel like a real Friday. So, long story short, I was like really sick on thursday and i didn't finish what i wanted to finish for this episode so instead of recording yesterday i slept all yesterday (laughs) worth it (laughs) i came home i ate a big burger and then i also slept (laughs) here for it it was a weird friday it was very weird but now it's saturday it was so and here we are we have no real banter again this week it's i've just been like stupid busy at work yeah um oh my good news of the week though so at about 11 a.m yesterday our power blew at my work yeah. and i got to go home early on a That's, friday what a after, highlight like, two really shitty weeks so there's my good story for the day yeah what a highlight um i think everyone in this world needs to wear a fucking mask yeah and if you're gonna bitch and complain about it you can literally fight me like i will <laughs> i will fight you i don't fucking care wear your fucking mask because toronto's shutting down again durham's going into we're in um, red now the red zone so everything's slowly starting to shut down again before the holidays and like that i, I knew it was gonna happen it needs to happen because people are fucking stupid and if you're out there partying with 18 plus people at your home not wearing a mask and i have some family members that i see on my facebook <laughs> doing that you can all go fuck yourself and yeah you're ruining this for everybody thank you get That's it out rant. girl i'm so get mad. it out <laughs> i am but so for mad. real guys like we we would hope that everybody is being as safe as they can i've seen a lot of you guys posting about how like you still have not left your houses so kudos to you people <laughs> And especially doing the, the people, right thing yeah and like especially the, i've noticed that the people that are out there not giving a shit and hanging out at bars and like getting wasted yeah. and not giving a shit those are the people that don't have people that are at high risk whereas like me and you both have family members that are extremely yeah. at high risk and we care about our family and we want to keep them safe i don't the only time i leave my house is to go grocery shopping and that's it that's pretty much it like i you know i get my hair done i do that kind of stuff but like i mask up i wash my hands go about my business stay far away from everybody i don't like people to begin with though so it's a lot easier for me (laughs) yeah same (laughs) but just you know we're we're heading in a very not good direction here in ontario i'm pretty bummed about it again um we just started like our numbers were so great we were down to like 80 cases at one point yeah and like i was i was so hopeful for the year ahead and then uh we hit almost 1600 three days in a row yep so fuck (laughs) uh just stay inside and listen to the spooky hour all the time that's it that's how that's how we're gonna end this thing yeah and then if you guys (laughs) leave your house wear your stupid mask and that's it yeah we know it sucks we know it's weird it's uncomfortable but it's a small sacrifice in the grand scheme of things Uh, and with that murder Ah. murder (laughs) so i haven't done like a straightforward open and closed case in a while so i thought i'd take it easy on everyone this week um and also myself because those cases are really hard to research when they have lots of twists and turns like that and i'm tired so (laughs) today i'm going to talk about the mysterious disappearance and double life of Paige bergfield uh Paige was a single mother of three children she had met and married a new man rob dixon who came from money and gave Paige a lavish life she could only dream of they bought a huge property in grand junction colorado and they began building uh, a mansion there so they started with like a small house and started building like wings onto it basically oh, and built like a mega mansion That's awesome. um it looked so cool <laughs> <laughs> 
So I read an article from Crime Watch for most of this research, and they described this, and I left this as is because it's hilarious. Uh, she was, quote, enjoying a caviar life in a corndog town. Oh, so my they, God. they were, like, super wealthy, but they stayed close to her home, which was, like, a middle-class, low-class neighborhood kind of thing. I just love that. I thought it was so funny. Um, so, unfortunately, everything wasn't as perfect as it seemed on the outside. Uh, the relationship was actually quite volatile. Rob had become very verbally abusive. Uh, he would often scream and threaten both Paige and her children at any minor inconvenience. Uh, the couple's financial situation started to deteriorate, which sent Rob spiraling in anger. Um, her dad, Paige's dad, in an interview said that uh, when they started losing money, Rob almost started to get like a, a split personality that would come out. Uh, like the more stressed he would get, the more like this this mean personality would come out. Hmm. Um, so there was two incidents that were recorded by police. In the first, Paige called 911 to ask for help as Rob was threatening to kill her children. Um, the oh call's God. available online, but there's, um, I have a short, I'm not going to put the actual clip in, but I'm just going to take a quote from it. Are these, um, ki- are the her kids his kids as well? Um, I believe they are not his kids. So okay. she was married, she's a mysterious lady. Um, so she was married before, and I don't think it was his kids either. I think it was from the guy before this guy. Two guys ago. Okay. okay. I think. <laughs> so it's not Robin's kids. That's it. No. Okay. Um, so she called 911 and said, quote, my husband and I were in a fight and he wanted the children to stay with him. And he said that it, uh, if I, or sorry, I said that wrong. Uh, and he wanted the children to stay with him. And he said that I would come home and find them all murdered. She told the 911 operator. Um, about a year after this call, another 911 call was made, this time because Rob had resorted to physical violence and had punched Paige while she was holding their new baby. So they did have a kid together. Um, Rob was arrested and forced to complete a course in anger management, but it was too little too late. Uh, with the help of her father, Frank Bergfield, Paige had set up an emergency bank account with enough money to survive off of for a little while. And she filed for a divorce from Rob. Good for her. Um, Rob filed for bankruptcy shortly after this, so (laughs) sucks to be Rob right now. Um, Paige was finally a free woman, but she carried the burden of providing a life of luxury to her children all on her own. She didn't want them to have to suffer because of her failed relationship, so she did everything she could to ensure that they could continue the life they had started with her now ex-husband. So she kind of wanted to give, like make sure they were still at that level of spoiled rich kid, I guess. Okay. Because, you know, it it would take a toll on them to go from, like, living super wealthy to, hey, we're moving back in with grandma and grandpa. So, um, she actually opened up a change, uh, a change, a chain of dance studios for children that were quite successful. And she also dabbled in several MLM schemes. So, like, the pyramid schemes that you see online where she sold, (laughs) uh, cookware and, like, these oh breast God, like the- feeding slings. Okay, I was like, oh my God, did she sell like Tupperware? <laughs> yeah, kind of. The cookware or shampoo. We yeah. all know that brand. Oh um, God, yeah. <laughs> so uh, she actually was quite successful at these things. Um, in quotes, uh, she was sent on lavish vacations with various companies and uh, it helped give her children the life that she felt that they deserved. Um, but remember this because there's a twist later. This is not true. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she also <laughs> she also began seeing her first husband again, a man named Ron Beagler, whom she met in high school and married before she turned 20. They had kept in touch as the split was amicable, and once Paige was single, they struck up a romance again. So he went from being, like, an ex-husband to a boyfriend. Okay. 
Um, Ron lived in Denver, so Paige and him would meet uh, halfway. They would take road trips out, and they would meet in Eagle, Colorado for their dates. Um, I would like to go to this place called Eagle. It's a cool town just, name. <laughs> they were probably just, like, laying on the ground. Like, what should we name this town? They see an eagle. They're like, Eagle. <laughs> eagle. Eagle. <laughs> that's it. That's, um, that's how I would name everything. That's, like, exactly Pony. how I would name everything. <laughs> <laughs> Llama. Moo. <Perfect. laughs> oh, my God. Um... For the, I don't know if we've ever said this in the podcast, and Yale and I have a really bad habit of almost crashing our cars when we see animals on the side of yeah. the road. <laughs> and we call cows moos. So if we say moos, yeah. we're talking about a cow. Yeah. I once had someone pull over and ask if I was okay because I didn't drive through the green light because I was looking at cows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just who we are as people, okay? <laughs> Can't help it. On June 28th, 2007, Paige and Ron enjoyed a picnic lunch date in Eagle, uh, Paige left around 7 p.m. to return home to her children, but when 11 p.m. hit and she still wasn't home, panic started to set in. Um, her daughter left several heartbreaking messages on her cell phone, begging her to call them to let them know that she is safe. All of these 911 calls are available online, and they're not graphic, but they are really, really sad to listen to. So if you're going to listen to it, be warned. I cried. Um, by the next morning, there was still no sign of Paige. Uh, her boyfriend, Ron, started to grow worried as he heard from the children uh he was actually the one who called grand junction police to file a missing persons report okay later that morning the police contacted Paige's father frank who had no idea his daughter had gone missing i actually thought it was kind of weird that the kids didn't call their grandfather i would have yeah um, in an interview he was reported as saying quote uh he said are you Paige bergfield's dad and i said yes i am and then he said did you know she's missing and i said if she didn't come home even one night, you're dealing with a crime. This isn't a missing persons matter. This is a crime. She would never have not come home. Um, so a very ominous quote from the father. I need and that's like a very blunt, like. Mm-hmm. So um, Paige was described as like a really loving, wonderful mother. Um, she still shared her bed with her kids who were like, I think they were like 11-ish, 14-ish and like still shared the bed with their mom just because she loved them so much, I guess. That's cute. Um she adored them, and according to friends and family, she would never just up and leave them. So uh, her worried children, her father, and her ex-husband slash boyfriend um, were all started leaving voicemails at this point. All of these voicemails are, again, available online. But it's just, like, call after call of, like, please call us. Where are you? We're yeah. getting worried. Like, it's really sad. Um, investigators turned their attention to the last known person to see Paige alive, her boyfriend, Ron. Phone records indicate that he and Paige called each other on her drive home uh, with his phone pinging cell towers in Denver, 250 miles away. The last call was made by Paige at approximately 9 p.m. saying that she was pulling into Grand Junction, which is her hometown. So these phone calls eliminated Ron as a suspect. So they moved to her abusive ex-husband, Rob. This was the guy that she just recently divorced. I thought it was confusing that they had very similar names. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, that led... uh, or sorry, that lead turned out to be a dud as well. Rob had moved to Philadelphia after the divorce and was confirmed to be there at the time of her disappearance. With the two most obvious persons of interest eliminated, police started to draw a blank. Uh, who would take this loving, hardworking mother? Could she have run away on her own, perhaps? Um, the family kind of disputed that, but they were just kind of like pulling at straws. They couldn't figure out what had happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, investigators turned to her phone records for clues and boy did they find one Um, while going through Paige's calls they started to come to an interesting realization Paige had been operating an escort business called Models Inc for quite some time this is how she had really been affording her lavish lifestyle 
well, this clue was very important. It opened up a whole new can of worms. If Paige was a sex worker with several clients, their spus- their suspect. The suspect. Their suspect list just grew infinitely, and they would have to try to narrow down all of these names one by one to find the guy who or person who knew <laughs> what happened to Paige. Um, on July 1st, 2007, just three days after uh, Paige had gone missing, a 911 call came in reporting a car on fire in a parking lot. That car belonged to Paige Bergfield. When police arrived on the scene, the car was almost burnt to a crisp, but there were some clues left behind. So they found her, like, agenda day planner thing in her trunk, which detailed all of her appointments with her clients. Uh, hmm. But suspiciously the last four days had been ripped out of the book uh they also found that the driver's seat of the car was pushed all the way back as if someone six foot tall or more had been driving but Paige was only five four which means that someone else may have been driving her car to that parking lot where it was found on fire okay um over a hundred volunteers came out after this discovery to assist in a ground search for clues uh, while searching, they found a 15-mile stretch along the highway where Paige's personal belongings had been, like, thrown to the side of the road. Uh, these items included things like her children's ID cards, uh, blank checks for her business accounts and stuff. So police believe that Paige had thrown these items herself to create a trail that would lead to her location. Okay. Um, so this led them to believe that she was, in fact, abducted as opposed to just ran away. Um, they brought in K- K9 dogs. I wrote good boys here. I got to stop writing scripts when I'm stoned. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they brought in K9 dogs uh, to follow this trail and they tracked her scent all the way to a riverbank just off the highway where the scent disappeared. Investigators started going through all of the phone numbers that had been coming into her phone. Uh, the last call she made was again to her boyfriend, Ron Beagler, at approximately 9 p.m., but she also received several calls from potential clients of Models, Inc. that day. Um, investigators could tell that these calls were from clients because all of these messages would refer to Paige as Carrie. So she had, like, a fake uh, name. escort name mm-hmm. that she would use. So one For client... Like protection imp- kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, one client in particular who called himself Jim called Paige several times on the night she had gone missing. All of these calls were made from a prepaid tra- track phone, which I think is the brand name. Um, so police traced the number and discovered that this phone was purchased two days prior to Paige's disappearance on June 26th at a local Walmart by a man who they caught on surveillance video. Uh, yeah detectives dug deeper into the track phone and discovered that the phone had a history of only five phone calls all five phone calls were between this phone and Paige's cell phone Mm. uh detectives suspicious suspicious (laughs) detectives tracked down the man in the video and discovered that jim was a fake name his real name was lester jones police learned that lester had worked (laughs) sorry just, just bash the guy's name, Danielle. <laughs> Sorry. Um, police learned that Lester had worked across the street from where the par- the car was found on fire. A Convenient. strange kawinky dink. Um, Lester was a large man standing at six foot five. So someone who would Jeez. push the chair of a car all the way back while driving, perhaps. Yeah. Um, as police looked into his history, they were shocked to find that Lester was convicted of first degree sexual assault and kidnapping back in 1999. Detectives brought Lester in for questioning, uh, while another group of investigators were searching his workplace, his, so- 
his home and interviewing his wife. Uh, she had told police that the couple had been out of town a week before Paige's disappearance. He returned home to Colorado the week of the 28th, and she continued her travels to Georgia. So this means that Lester was home alone and phoning Paige on the night of her disappearance. Um, the night the car was discovered burning, Lester confessed that he left the house that night between 9 and 10 p.m. because he thought he may have forgot a light on at the shop. Oh, convenient. <laughs> the shop that was right across the street from where the burning car was discovered. I'm sure that um, light was very important to turn off. That light that you just, he, he probably just got into bed that night and was like, dang, that light. It's like when you got go to up bed, out of bed. It's like when you go to bed and you're like trying to like. It's like all those memes that are like, oh, you get into bed because you're so tired and your brain's just like, where's my birth certificate? Yeah, exactly. That's probably exactly what happened. Yeah. I totally believe him. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's exactly it. <laughs> so police searched the workplace and discovered a gold mine of clues, including handwritten notes with graphic details about other escorts, including what their bra sizes were, what type of sex they would have, and other graphic details about these women um other suspicious items included a stash of viagra two wigs and a food scale from pampered chef which is one of the companies that Paige had worked for selling her little tupperwares and stuff oh um so there was also a gas can that was found at his workspace uh his boss said that this was out of place and shouldn't have been where it was found and that uh, that space where it was found was approximately 500 yards from where the car was found on fire. Hmm. It's getting pretty suspicious up in here. Very. Um, so all of the, uh, oh, sorry. While all of the evidence piles up against him, Lester continued to deny any involvement in the disappearance. He even denied that he was the man in the surveillance photo buying the cell phone, even though it was very clearly him. How do you just um, deny that? You're like, no, I have a doppelganger. Okay. Yeah. He just looks a lot like me. Yeah. <laughs> As the interrogator kept pressing, Lester kept cracking just a little bit at a time. He went from denying being at the Walmart to saying he was only there to buy a soda to saying he was only looking at that section to find a cable. However, he still did not confess to buying that phone. Um, with no body being found as of yet, Lester Jones was able to walk free. Yeah. Of course. Um, There's not much forward, to hold, right? What's so, that? There's not much to hold him. That's yeah, is. it is all like fairly circumstantial but it's mm -hmm. you know it's one of those things where it's like god damn we need that one thing yeah it's just a piss um, off so fast forward to that one thing in 2012 a hiker was exploring a dry creek bed 60 miles south of where searchers had previously found the trail of page's personal belongings the hiker discovered a human skull uh, and the skull had remnants of duct tape still taped to its mouth. Oh, my God. Um, a forensics team came in uh, to the area and discovered more human bones scattered across a mile-long stretch of the creek. DNA analysis would later confirm that these were the remains of Paige Bergfield. Coroners were unable to determine the exact cause of death due to the state of the remains, but given the evidence, had concluded that Paige was kidnapped and murdered. Uh, while all evidence was technically circumstantial, it did point directly at Lester Jones. Um, so Lester Jones finally had his day of court in September of 2016 with Paige's whole family in attendance. Um, they told reporters prior to like the, the court date that they wanted to be there because they wanted to face like their daughter's killer and all of that. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for them, the jury made a surprising decision. Uh, Lester caught a break when the jury ended in a hung trial, six oh, jurors leading towards guilt and three deciding he was not guilty. 
Um, however, the prosecutors appealed, saying that they believed Paige's work in the sex industry led jurors to treat her case differently, and they got their wish. A second trial actually began right away, pretty much, and this time they brought in the big guns. I'm so funny when I'm stoned. <laughs> um, Lester Jones's first wife, who uh, actually was the woman that he kidnapped and assaulted in 1999, took the stand and told the court all of the times that Lester had abused her and threatened her life. She told the court that she believed Lester had killed Paige because he was worried his new wife would find out about his fetish for paid sex. Um, in a strange twist of events, Lester Jones finally admitted to the murder after five weeks on trial. Jesus the jury Christ. finds him guilty of first-degree murder, second-degree murder, and second-degree kidnapping in the f- case of Paige Bergfield. I still, I meant to look into how he got first-degree and second-degree. That's weird to me. Yeah. Um, but he was eventually sentenced to life in prison. Uh, Paige's father, Frank, had this to say about the killer. Quote, I'd say this is a life that God put on the earth that he absolutely wasted. Frankly, it would have been better if they had skipped his name when God decided who to place on earth. He has contributed nothing and all he is is a burden on society. I gotta say, I 100% agree. Frank, you went for him and I'm here for him. He came right for his throat. Very well deserved. Yeah, that was amazing. But a nice, simple, open and closed case where we see justice and it's an overall okay ending took a Go while for that justice that was it crazy, took a long though. time yeah and i like that they um they fought for her saying that like so it's almost a polar opposite of the uh the gilgo island case yeah where they fought for her because she was a sex worker saying like oh you're looking down on her do better yeah and they actually listened so i i liked that aspect yeah. of it i agree that's really awesome and she got justice in the end and her family amen got it just it's just so annoying that like why would that fucker deny it? The, like, we have all this That's not me on film. Against, that's not me. <laughs> it looks just like me, but... I have a twin that I didn't know existed. That's not me. Like, I think he, like, he knew that because they didn't have the body, like, they weren't going to hold him anyway, so he could just... He could talk as much shit as he wanted at that moment. Yeah. Which is annoying. Fucker. But... I should have checked to see if he's still alive. I don't know if he's still alive. He was kind of an older guy. With that, it's time to get midday spooky. Midday Did you already spooky. had a midday spooky? I can't believe we didn't talk about that. Oh, fuck yeah. So, you guys, so whatever is living in my house besides us, it, <laughs> it just like something just banged in my house and I didn't like that. Um, it It's like, you talking about me, bitch? <laughs> yeah, there's just a bang in the corner. It like doesn't, like, it'll be like three months and I won't hear anything, like nothing. And then all of a sudden something happens and I'm like, what the fuck? So we have our like turkey cutter sitting on top of our fridge and we have like the finish pack, which is like the little dishwasher stuff that you put in the dishwasher in front of it on top of the fridge. And I was laying on the couch and Stuart was talking to me in the living room and all of a sudden we hear a massive bang in the kitchen. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And Stuart's like, oh my God, you know, you have to come here. He's like, this is fucking weird. So our turkey cutter fell off of our fridge and shattered on our kitchen floor but the way it looked like it it like fell forward because it's like right in front of our fridge but if it fell off but the finish that's sitting in front of it didn't move so it's been it was so it's like it hopped over it (laughs) yeah and if it fell off the side of the fridge which it definitely could it would have hit the side counter and then fallen into the corner of our kitchen you would have heard two bangs right yeah yeah it was not two bangs it was one and it just shattered. ghosts it's fine and now i gotta get a new fucking turkey cutter you guys like oh is it broken yeah it doesn't work oh now. no garbage so fuck you ghost yeah. <laughs> ruining my turkey cutter <laughs> like what the hell um but we did get that picture up that it ruined last time so that's all that matters 
Um, but yeah, I can't let's... believe we forgot about that already. <laughs> I know. <laughs> More spooky. You try to like zone it out of your head, so it's not. Especially when you're living here, so <laughs> it never happened. No, it never happened. Um, but yeah, so let's get into some spookies. This episode is going to be dedicated to my dad because I haven't. I knew about this kind of, but I didn't actually know the detail of this case, and I don't know if he knows it. So I hope I get to educate him a little bit. Educate. Um, educate. <laughs> um. So I'm going to talk about the Falcon Lake incident oh yeah the incident the incident so on may on the may long weekend in 1967 stefan um went out on a trip to falcon lake so falcon lake is in winnipeg manitoba so in canada land um (laughs) manitoba Manitoba. (laughs) it's like that what is it that commercial it's a tim's commercial right is it tim's no it's um it's like an identity theft commercial and it's like oh, oh right from he's, yeah 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 that's exactly it nailed it <laughs> yeah that's it's ridiculous if you guys haven't seen it it's just ridiculous and it's a waste of time but it's still funny um so stefan <laughs> it is manitoba no one says that it's manitoba god damn manitoba <laughs> Um, oh my god sorry i don't want to interrupt you but uh we were we were talking about manitoba at work for some reason and i said something about like oh you don't have to worry about northern manitoba it's just the polar bears up there so it's like there's no fucking polar bears in manitoba oh my god yes there is travis literally like i didn't even know he was listening he took his headphones out he's like manitoba is the polar bear capital of canada god (laughs) he just put his headphones in and just like kept working like nothing happened what the hell it was like a scene from a sitcom that's so funny (laughs) um so and okay so stefan was like somewhat of amateur geologist and decided to make this trip um about that so falcon lake was said to have like quartz and like silver along its shore bank so that's why stephen went on this trip to falcon lake um so on may 20th he was by the shoreline when of falcon lake when he heard a flock of geese freak out and like take off is it even like called a flock flock of geese i don't Don't they like weird names a squad <laughs> a squad it's a, a squad of geese just fucking took off that's it there's a lot of them okay guys that's it the squad just up and left <laughs> roll out squad <laughs> i'm never gonna look at geese the same ever again um um oh what's off to a great start you guys so <laughs> when stefan looked up towards these geese he actually saw two cigar shaped objects hovering in the sky about 45 meters away Stefan said that he, they both had like a reddish glow to them and one of them had actually landed on a flat rock at the the lake and the other hovered there in the air for a minute or two and then took off. So when the object landed, it actually took more of like a disc shape than a cigar shape that he saw in the sky. Okay. Um, This craft sat there for a good 30 minutes before Stefan even approached it. At first, he thought the object was like a secret U.S. military experiment craft thing. Um... And this was, like, kind of, like, in the height. I don't know if it was, like, in the height, but it was after all of, like, the Roswell incident happened. Um, I think the Roswell was, like, 40, in the 40s, where this is, like, 67. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of, like, in that height area in the States. Um, so, Stefan, in that 30 minutes, decided to sketch the object on a piece of paper, which <laughs> exists, and we maybe will post it. Um, so, after sketching this um, craft... He decided, Stefan decided to approach it. So he noticed there was a door open on one side and a beam of bright light coming through this door. He heard muffled voices. He couldn't make out what they were like saying because like the craft was just so loud. Mm-hmm. Um, he started yelling, asking if they needed any help and the voices just stopped. 
Um, so Stefan apparently asked if they needed any help in Polish, Russian, and German, and oh wow, never, yeah, never <laughs> answered. So he Steph- checked all the bases. Yeah. So S- Stefan's re- originally from Poland. So he does. He reached out in any language that he knew, and they didn't answer. Um, he said that the craft was completely smooth, like the metal was smooth. So there was no seams keeping this metal like spaceship oh. together. Yeah. He had a pair of like welding goggles with him, so he put those on to look through the open door just to protect his eyes from that bright light. Um, he moved closer to this open door um, with his funny little welding goggles on. <laughs> And he noted that the panels of colored lights inside, some of them are flashing, but he didn't see anything or like any one inside um, besides those flashing lights. At that moment, three panels slid across the open door and sealed it shut. He was on the outside. He wasn't in the spaceship. Mm -hmm. Um, He was wearing gloves and at that point was like, he went to like touch the, the craft, like the UFO. And the UFO was, like, so freaking hot that it melted the fingertips on his gloves. Yeah, so he took them off. So Stefan stepped back a bit because he noted that this object started to turn clockwise while it was, like... Stationary? um, Yeah, while it was stationary. Yeah, so it started, like, turning. And while like, those rides? Yeah, those, like, tariff... Maybe that's what it was. We get stuck to the wall. The carnival just showed up, you guys. We solved it. (laughs) There was a hurricane in the carnival. It was was a disaster. Yeah, when you, like... That one that goes really, really fast and it's a literal spaceship and you get stuck to the wall. Yeah. That one was so sick. It makes Um, me laugh. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't go on with Stuart because he tries to get off. He's that person, and like in the middle, and then everyone just yells at him. So <laughs> <laughs> can't take him fucking anywhere. No. <laughs> um, so while this like craft, I'm just gonna keep calling it craft because we don't actually know what it is. Um, so while it was turning, one of the panels that like shut that door had like red holes in it, so he could still see the light coming through it. So then the object took off. However, during this takeoff, Stefan was hit with either, like, a blast of air or gas, and it shot him backwards. It ended up catching his shirt on fire. After <laughs> An taking alien fart. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it, Holly. <laughs> he got hurt by an alien fart. <laughs> it was from out of this world. <laughs> God damn. Oh, um, so after... Yeah, so after taking all of, like, his burning clothes off, Stefan um, took off, like, back into the woods towards his motel room in Falcon Lake. On his way back, he was, like, vomiting profusely and became extremely disoriented. Um, When he got back to his motel room, he just caught a bus back to Winnipeg and ended up going to the hospital. He was treated for, in the hospital for burns to his chest and stomach. These burns ended up taking up a grid-like pattern on his abdomen and chest like that panel he saw and it turned out into wilts so he had like like circled wilts across his chest in like a grid-like pattern it's and there's pictures of it and it's crazy yeah so stefan ended up suffering blackouts weight loss headaches and diarrhea for weeks after this incident wow yeah um stefan has a son his name is stan and he was about nine when this whole incident happened with his dad so stan is quoted saying and i quote he looked pale haggard when i walked into the bedroom there was a huge stink in the room like a real horrible aroma of sulfur and burnt motor i told you he got farted on (laughs) (laughs) it was all around and it was coming out of his pores it was that bad yeah so that fucking sucks um, so now the story of Stefan seeing this UFO blew up in a matter of weeks. So the Winnipeg Trubine, which is a newspaper, ended up writing a story on it. And now the public knew about it. So it exploded. 
um so just like spread like wildfire tons and tons of government agencies got involved this ranged from the rcmp to the united states air force interesting yeah items were retrieved from the site where stefan saw this craft these items these items included stefan's burnt gloves his shirt that was burnt and some tools all which were taken to the rcmp crime lab all of these items were burnt and to this day no one can determine what caused these burns um where and in like the t-shirt you can see like almost the grid pattern it was it's like oh the picture is like um the undershirt that guys wear like under their tops it's like one of those tops and you can see like the grid pattern burnt into it so where this object was said to have landed there was a 15 feet in diameter circle that ruined the environment around it so they grabbed soil from where it landed and it was tested and it was confirmed to be highly radioactive oh yeah and so were all of the clothing samples and like the gloves were taken those were also radioactive yeah um there was also pieces of metal that were stuck in the rock that this ufo landed on and about a year after the incident is when they were found so these metal pieces actually melted into the rock itself that's how hot this like craft was and um so they were taken out and they were like just burnt as fuck the Mikulak family still has one of those pieces of metal that were found in the rock to this day and to this day it's still radioactive wow yeah so this case was concluded by the united states air force and the rcmp as unexplainable cbc is quoted saying the falcon lake incident is possibly canada's best documented ufo case so now during all of this stefan was sent to the mayo clinic in rochester minnesota they also sent him to see a psychiatrist which deemed him completely normal and completely sane that he doesn't have the ability to like make stuff up and there's no reason for him to um so basically just said that he's mentally sound and he's mentally okay he saw what he saw yeah um so i also want to note that all of these items were that were found like the clothing and um the tools and the the gloves they were moved around from different agencies so much that they ended up going missing so oh, no. no one knows where they are now except oh, that no. one metal piece that the family has yeah. that's suspicious so yeah very suspicious <laughs> like cardi b that's suspicious <laughs> that's literally it um so now stefan's son stan wrote a book on his recollection of what happened to his dad in the aftermath of it it's called and i quote when they appeared um his book talks about the accounts of all the endless government agencies showing up at their home and the countless phone calls that were received he said that people would camp on their lawn to try to get a story um they would yeah they would follow stan to school just like hoarding him with questions a nine-year-old boy just trying to go to school the the media is relentless (laughs) they're a fucking joke they're just a joke um so stefan's family also received a ton of hate and criticism from the public and stan was constantly bullied in school um so to the people who think canadians are the nicest people in the world you were sadly (laughs) fucking mistaken i'm sorry (laughs) really not we have our moments but overall uh i don't i don't understand that like there's a lot of nice people in canada but yeah no 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 we're not what you think we are (laughs) no it's a lie (laughs) so now stan said up until his dad's death in 1999 um that his dad stefan wished that he just never said anything about what happened um but his dad also felt 
that him saying something it was like his duty to warn others and keep others safe yeah um but the way people went after his family he wished he like protected them more so he just wished he'd never had said anything which is absolutely heartbreaking yeah um and stefan never once said there was like some alien life force in this spacecraft he just said and considered it to be a secret military craft and that was it he never once said that there was like little aliens inside of it he never once suggested that there's no like extraterrestrial stuff he just said what he said like what happened his recollection of it and he just believed that it was a secret military craft um up until his death in 1999 he never changed a story there was never any flaw and you could like describe the incident to a t so to this day this incident is completely unexplainable they have no idea there we're going to post a picture of um stefan in the hospital and it shows the oh, grid like the grid like pattern burns on his chest and his abdomen it's absolutely crazy i like and, this one because there's so much evidence yeah and there's like so that's the falcon lake incident but it's just crazy that like so many government agencies were like holy shit like let's get involved and like magically all the all the evidence that they have is now gone except the one item with the family and it's like i don't think it's gone i think it's just hidden yeah they have a they 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 posted a picture of like the the metal item that the family has next to like a toonie and it's it's pretty small like the toonies oh it's just a wee little piece it's like it goes around the toonie so it's it's big but like in reference size and the burns on it are crazy yeah you wouldn't i can't wait to see all of these and you wouldn't think a metal like you would think that this thing would have to be on fire for like 60 days straight just to burn the metal like this it's crazy That's crazy yeah. i like this one there's so much evidence yeah and while there's you know he didn't necessarily say there were aliens just like the fact that he got like sick after and everything yeah, like, yeah is he it's radioactive alien, <laughs> like did he turn into like a radioactive spider or something like you know oh my know. god is it like um like zombieism where like if you get their stuff on you you start to like turn into them you get like oh radioactive god, maybe stuff. maybe wow isn't that crazy and that's the it's the mo as cbc so cbc is like our news thing out here um but they said it's the most do- well-documented ufo case to date so they have all this yeah evidence. i would say i agree and they yeah. have all, all the pictures still exist and of, of all the items but magically are disappeared now that's crazy I, I haven't really heard of many like canadian ones so this was a good yeah. one and like why would like the u.s military get involved yeah that's suspicious yeah all of the evidence is at area 51 yeah that's, that's exactly it that's probably where it is right now we should have t- we should have ran after area 51 man ago. i'm telling you i wanted to so bad and the way this year is gone we should have like yeah, i think so too we would have found we missed an opportunity <laughs> i bet if we did that 2020 wouldn't have happened probably we yeah. ruined it for everybody sorry yeah <laughs> everyone would be so focused on that that they wouldn't eat a bat they wouldn't have to <laughs> and with that it's a short one this week guys but this one was cool i liked it i did too i didn't like i said tons of evidence i love that i love it mm. i can't wait to see these pictures i'm gonna let's, look it up as soon as we're done let's all go to falcon lake you guys i'm down it sounds lovely yeah <laughs> and it's like the name i thought it's like the e- eagle colorado falcon lake oh my god we did it again danielle yeah, we did <laughs> <laughs> um i was thinking the the beachfront here uh in where i live um there's like quartz and stuff along there and i go down there all the time to pick quartz up and i was like i would totally go to falcon lake you would and then you kept talking i was like i would still totally go to falcon (laughs) lake (laughs) let's go see some ufos you guys because we know they exist now 
they do they do you can you can plan our ufo date with us over on our social medias yeah we have instagram it's a spooky hour podcast you can find us on twitter at spooky hour and if you have any crazy ufo stories and you live in manitoba please email us (laughs) to the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com no one speaks like that in Canada. I'm sorry, we Manitouba. don't. Manitouba. Apparently, we do have accents. We get lots of messages saying that we have accents. Uh, you're wrong. <laughs> this is just this is just stupidity. It's not an accent. <laughs> Illiteracy and speech impediment. And dyslexia. That's, that's all I've got. Oh, we're a mess. Yeah. With that, we hope you guys have a great week. Yeah. Uh, we hope that it turns around for everybody because it seems like everyone's got this like weird crusty November blues things going on. Yeah. But it's almost Christmas and people like that, so. (laughs) Oh, can you tell Holly doesn't? (laughs) With that, enjoy the rest of your week, guys, and stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye. Bye.